If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Pete Fletzer. On this episode of Around the Galaxy, we're talking to movie guru, the outlaw, John Roca. You can authentically not like something hates him. I'm down to hear you. If you're yep. manipulating and removing certain facts on purpose in order to increase your views, then I think it's bullshit. My yeah. You're listening to Around the Galaxy. Welcome to episode number 144 of Around the Galaxy, the Star Wars fan talk show. I am your host, Pete Fletzer. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first visit with Around the Galaxy, well, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, because one thing you may not know is that every week we bring you two shows from Around the Galaxy. On Tuesdays, we do our one-on-one in-depth talk show, getting to know people who have some sort of a Star Wars story to tell. And on Saturdays, we bring you a little five-minute Star Wars news digest. Look, there's a lot of Star Wars news going on, and uh, there's no way to keep up with it. I can barely keep up with it, but that's what we do. Give us five minutes, we give you the galaxy every Saturday morning. Well, this week's Around the Galaxy one-on-one interview is with the outlaw, John Roca. John is an old-school Schmodown veteran. He was on Collider back in the day. That's when I first heard of him. But he's got about, I don't know, 75 podcasts right now. He's got Geek Buddies and Cinephiles and Game Time and uh, The Jedi Way, which is uh, every couple of weeks with Laura Kelly talking about all things Star Wars. But John has a great perspective on the movie business. He's an actor, a movie critic, a voiceover artist, and he knows film. So we took some time to not just talk about Star Wars. That was definitely a big part of the show. But we also took a look at the sort of the state of filmmaking today. Uh, hey, do you mind if I add a little something to the show? Well, there is a first time for everything, AT. Oh, that, that's nice. I was going to ask you, are you still doing good. that Patreon thing? Yeah, we do still uh, offer the Patreon program. Yeah, no, I noticed you hadn't been talking much about it. Well, I mean, no particular reason. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, if I understand it correctly, for as little as $3 a month, you can be part of the live virtual audience when you record the show, right? That's right. For as little as three dollars a month, okay, we yeah, offer. No, I can't uh, do this anymore. This is what? like this is not natural for me. Oh, what and is no, it? I'm not a pitch man. Oh, if you clearly. if you want to forget to tell your listeners about the Patreon no, program, I, I, I haven't forgotten to tell the listeners about it. If anything, I've been just making some more room for you during the opening of the show. Not my issue. Okay. Right? Well, okay. Why don't you yeah, just? No, no, that's cool. Just re- I, read a review. I'm going to go ahead and read this yes, review. Yes, please just do that. Okay. This week's review comes to us from Apple Podcasts, and the headline reads, Getting to Know Those Who Love Star Wars. Oh, that's cool. By somebody named X-Factor 8. Ooh, Ooh that is yeah. very mysterious. Right? I think he, maybe he's, he's either a superhero or a supervillain. <laughs> I'm not sure which. It could be either Anyway, one. he yeah. says, Pete Fletcher has created a wonderful podcast that focuses on conversations with those who make up Star Wars fandom, wow. as well as podcasters, writers, tour 
tweeters yep. and those who are a part of the Star Wars universe. Oh, <laughs> tweeters like the little tiny speakers. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, I, I'm yep. such an audio yeah. file. You had no I, idea, I, did you? I'm okay, sure, anyway. yeah. He goes on to say, Pete's style will draw you in and his insightful questions to his guests help you better understand the fandom and where clues to new Star Wars content comes from. That's really nice. Please check out this pod. I, I love that this person put a please Sure. In, like well, they're polite. very, very adamant about well, making sure people I check out this podcast. Call it polite. So, thank you very much, X Factor Eight. Good, good luck taking over the world. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. well, hey, make well, sure to follow us on all our social media channels yeah. like TikTok and Instagram and Twitter all with all the things. tweeters right. uh, and Facebook at ATGcast. Mm-hmm. Go to ATGcast.com to get all of our merch. Hey, the holidays are coming. That's right. right. Pick yes. Up, pick up some merch, man. Like a t-shirt. Look, I'm yeah. on a t-shirt now. That's right. Without we, but, permission, of course. Uh, but well, uh, I, hey, let's never stop Fletcher before. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't even know what that means. Oh, yeah. You... Make ATG3 happen. Okay. All right. That's all right. <laughs> anyway, Very nice. So, uh, hey, we'll be back with the outlaw John Roca after these messages. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey everyone, this is the Outlaw John Roca, and you're listening to Around the Galaxy. John, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Thank you very much. Very kind of you to have me on. Excited. And I'm I'm excited to have you on. As I was saying, you know, it's it's interesting. I I've been, you know, a Star Wars fan my my whole life and got into some of the uh as the some of the YouTube channels and some of the podcasts yeah. started to come out. And you were one of the first ones that I, I discovered through oh, just really? uh, the back in the, the collider days. But now you've mm. you've got what a game time, you've got geek buddies, you've got cinephiles, you've got the Jedi way with with uh with Laura, of course, which which yeah. is amazing. But tell, tell me about your Star Wars journey when you when you first saw it and, and how it became a part of your life. Yeah, it's, it was really funny. You know, I, I think I, just like my nephew, I discovered it before I ever saw a movie. Like I, there were figures, there were toys that were available when I was a kid. And, and you know, to age myself a little bit, I, I they came, the movies came out while I was alive, all of mm-hmm. them. So <laughs> to me, that those that was a, an experience as a young kid. My, my parents did not take me to the first Star Wars movie, but I was aware of 
Star Wars toys when I would go into uh, stores. So I'd had them buy me stuff and I didn't even know what it was all about. And I remember the big item they bought me was this Obi-Wan Kenobi kids bathrobe, like a robe <laughs> you could wear or bedrobe, whatever you wear around the house there. Uh, and uh, I remember that finally they, sh- they were showing A New Hope on CBS, the movie of the week. This was <laughs> a massive deal. My parents let me have the downstairs living room to myself so I could watch it. They were upstairs because they were not going to watch this. Sci-fi. this is not, my parents are immigrants from Bolivia. They have no, I have no idea what this nonsense is. So I was like, okay, great. So I'm watching it down there. And I remember just the experience sitting on the ottoman, watching it all there on the screen and just being blown away. You know, when I say screen thinking it's a 75, it was like a 30 inch, 25 inch screen, whatever it was. It was not, but like for me, that was a big deal to watch it that way. And I remember like, um, when Kenobi died, I remember screaming and crying and jumping up and down. My mom came, my dad came, like, what's wrong with you? I was like, this is, yeah, I can't believe it. How could this happen? And then they call me down and then the Luke moment happens. And when the Luke moment happens, I'm jumping up and down screaming again, but in a good way when he blows up Death Star. So it was just a heck of an experience. So for me, from that point forward, um, Star Wars became something that I was a fan of uh, going forward and went to see Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in the theater. So, yeah. You've, you've turned a career, you've created mm. a career out of being a movie fan and, yeah. and an expert and cine, cinephile and all that. Mm. Um, did, was that, was that one of the, the influences? Were there other movies oh, as yeah. a kid that stuck with you or? I, I think what, what Star Wars did was lay the foundation of mm. appreciating a franchise or appreciating something that not everybody else was into. Yes. The nerds and the kids and people went to see it and they loved it. Right. Certainly it was a big deal. And so was Jedi. And so was empire strikes back. But like when you were getting bone deep into the conversations, not everyone was out there arguing about species versus droids and versus humans and all those concepts. And that's where I kind of maybe started the first, having those first conversations about what can a character do? What is the meaning? What is the purpose? And it wasn't later so i was a teenager started watching more of the more quote-unquote important films mm-hmm. uh that uh that i started to understand how that uh could be something to, that i felt a proclivity to do and to enjoy and it's very natural i think for people who are cinephiles it's like breathing it's natural like breathing air you mm-hmm. just kind of it seems so natural that you wonder why everybody else doesn't feel the same way about films or everybody else doesn't feel the same way about analyzing films or going bone deep in your analysis of a film and exploring all that. But yeah, I think that's a great point you bring up. I hadn't really looked at it quite that way, but I'm sure having those conversations on the playgrounds and getting into those battles and arguments with fellow kids about star Wars kind of lays the groundwork of what you can defend and what you can make um, an argument for. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it, it's it's funny you say that the whole the, the I, I hadn't thought about it, but that's you know the the playground discussions of oh yeah ours. I mean, you and I, I think are around the same age, and I remember mm-hmm. just like especially because it was before we had piles and piles and piles of backstory. Like we right. made up our own, what we yes. imagined what the Clone Wars were. We uh, we built all that in our heads, and mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned you you were kind of the same that way oh absolutely then then you know two kids were holding court that's your youtube show and everyone's stand, everyone else is sitting around they're the commenters everyone else is standing around the two kids are going at it that's your youtube show and so right. just, even there you can see the foundation of what we all do now yeah yeah no it's it's <laughs> it's true and I, and there it's something about star wars especially at that at that age like you i've always had i was alive before star wars and uh, but 
there's something about this franchise. It's been a common sort of theme of, of conversations lately that I've had with people on the show. It is there's something about Star Wars that makes you want to be a part of it. You want to own something. I mean, you oh, look yeah. behind me. I got all these crazy helmets. You probably have collectibles behind you there. Oh, yeah. Um, there's something about it that makes you want to be a part of it. Why do you think that is? What is it about this particular franchise more than, I mean, Star Trek has such a deep base. You have yeah, yeah. bases in Lord of the Rings and, and all the, the major genres, but there's mm-hmm. something about Star Wars. What do you think? Where, where do you think that is? Well, I think it's, it's, it, there's something very deep inside of all of us that has a, um, attraction to opera to uh, the characters to um i don't know to good versus evil to redemption to these storylines star trek is more about pining for the future what we could be what we what we'd like to be what we hope to be and maintaining that course right Mm -hmm. star wars is more about dealing with well um good versus evil and what it means to take the road towards evil versus the road towards good right there's always that conversation about you know uh you know the, only a sith deals in absolutes only you know this is the, the the light in the dark the force all of the force is almost like religion so when you're a young kid especially growing up like when we did like religion was a massive part of right. life along with everything else we were being taught in terms of morality and good versus evil and all of that so it stretches in plus i think with star wars there's so many interesting types of characters so many interesting types of things that get you attracted to it in terms of the droids that that's there for the kids the ewoks all of that but we can see ourselves in luke how many of us I think almost every human being is born with this instinct to have dreams, to, mm. to think of a better life, to think of what could be. Not everyone gets there. Not everyone, you know, life gets in the way, other things get in the way, and you do the best you can. But I think all of us uh, would love to have that Luke moment where you're looking at the two sons and you're wondering, is the, am I going to take this chance? Am I going to go forward or am I going to stay where I'm at and keep going? And think all of us have that. We all have mentors. We all have great friends who are sarcastic, smart asses, and wonder we, why can't we be as <laughs> cool as them we all have women that we pine for not that they turn out to be our sisters but we have women that we pine for that <laughs> we just God, that doesn't of, happen to all of us Mike. yeah right <laughs> but then we that we feel like like they're just like oh they're so amazing like how could how could i you know be with someone like that so there's all these things that are very universal within star mm. wars right and i think that kind of connects us plus the world building yeah. especially when you got into those novels before they became legends those novels would world build out so well and now the current novels do the same thing uh, within the canon as well, which is great to experience. So there's so much to explore within the world of Star Wars that's um, from a different angle right. than Star Trek. And I love Star Trek. So yeah, you know. yeah, no, it's and it, you're right. I think it's it's kind of that that pure fantasy. It's interesting. I, I had uh, Ian Convery on a couple of weeks ago, mm. uh, uh, Dave Filoni's wife, and we were talking about how Star Wars has almost become, I, I said it has become its own genre, and she kind of pointed out that it's always been, and you, and yeah. you did as well. I mean, you kind of have, yeah. it's always got that sort of whatever that humanity piece is it's yeah. it's in there and um and that's great um we were talking before that you are you know you're a, a now a movie critic you're an actor you're a mm. voice actor you've been in the industry for a while let's shift gears a little bit i want to sure. kind of get your perspective on as we're starting to hopefully be coming at coming a little bit out of this covid mm. world yeah um 
and, and you know th- things like um, uh, there was just a, a quote today when we're recording from um, uh, Ridley Scott sort of complaining mm. about the failure of his uh, 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 The Last Duel and yeah. he blamed millennials and I blame where we are I mean it's easy it's, that's, I have to say this is one of those things that drives me crazy when, when one of your favorite filmmakers yeah. just says something like oh no it's it's, not, it's never them it's always someone else right. it's, I made a movie nobody liked or nobody wanted to go see it was a subject matter that people feel is is ripe for for uh, you know uh, toxic conversations it's because I'm you know because of millennials yeah, yeah, damn yeah. kids yeah exactly yeah <laughs> away with it too <laughs> so the yeah, um, yeah. but uh, you know as we come out of this world what we're obviously the movie industry the the cinema industry more mm-hmm. so than that you know the the theaters as a as a delivery method have taken a huge hit. I mean, that's an understatement, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and box office as a success metric has become something that's a little bit, uh, it, it's a misnomer. It's sort of difficult to, to really truly judge success or failure there. What do you think the long-term impact on, on the movie industry is going to be? And, and do you see it coming back? Well, I, before, it, the COVID happened and then you, you know, you could go find old, if you wanted to take time, you could find old movie talk episodes <laughs> where I said like the, the, the smaller films are dying. The medium mm. films are dying pretty soon. It's just going to be, you know, the big tentpole pictures and they're going to increase the price of the tickets because it's going to be like the best theater with the best screen, with the best sound. Mm. It's going to be like a, a Broadway. You're going to have to go and pay a little bit extra, not $200 or anything, but a little bit extra to get the full experience, right? And then these other films you can watch at home. And yeah. COVID just, I think, accelerated where we were getting to anyway, which was a lot of these were going to end up on streaming services. These films, more middle-of-the-road films, these kind mm. of smaller independent films, you can still enjoy them in the theater, obviously. It's what they're meant for, but but I knew that that was coming. You could see it in the ticket sales. You could see it in the studios, not greenlighting a lot of those films. Mm. You could see where they were going. Cause you know, people sometimes film fans sometimes get a little too, um, uh, how can I say misty eyed or rose colored glasses <laughs> about studios. Studios are about making money and right. business. And too many people think they're about making great art. That's not it. And the, yes, if it happens to be great art, absolutely. Cause if it leads to great box office, that's great too. And if they right. get awards, that's great too. But in the end, it's about making money. You know, they want to make money with their movies. So that's where I see that. That's where I see, saw it going. And now that it's happening even more so, it seems very obvious to me. And these streaming services, you know, they're having these battles with these unions. We just saw uh, what happened there recently with uh, IATSE. And so you're seeing more and more of these um, studios having to come to terms with these streaming services and what they're doing with these streaming services and how to pay out with yeah. these streaming services. But they're not going anywhere. Even though Disney took a little bit hit in the last quarter with only 2.1 million subscribers i think people are are accustomed to staying at home and watching these things and having them there for them but i don't think and and i'm wrong on this so or i can i was proven wrong on this i thought the theater experience was going to go away Mm. for a lot of people but seeing how many people can show up when they care about a film um recently has been incredible like uh, no time to die is breaking all kinds of records so certainly for certain films i think the theater experience will come back in large numbers and droves but i think in other films it will never match something like last duel will never match uh, what it did before yeah yeah no and I, i think i think you're right and i love that concept of it's an experience it is almost that sort of i mean you know back back when our when 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 the film when the 
when theaters first opened, like going yeah. to see a movie was yeah. a big deal. And I, I can kind of see it going there as well. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's interesting too, to see which, which film I went to go see Ghostbusters this past mm-hmm. weekend in yeah. the, uh, in, a, in a, my local theater. And mm-hmm. it was pretty full. It was one yeah. of those movies that people wanted to go see. Um, and I think a movie like Dune, for example, is sort of proving that it is two experiences. You mm-hmm. can, I've watched them in both experiences and, to me, they almost feel like two completely different movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but, do you... But that's what I mean, like, real quick, with, with Last Duel, just to address that comment, because you brought it up. Yeah. Um, Last Duel is an independent film masquerading as a as a uh, wide stream film. <laughs> it's an independent film. Do you want to go... And a period piece. Right. Set at a, do you want to see a film about, uh, you know, an unfortunate situation like a rape? And a tragic situation, a horrible situation like that, and have the three different points of views told, and then having Matt Damon with a mullet. And, <laughs> and as much as people love Jodie Comer on Killing Eve, Killing Eve is an AMC show. It's not right. ABC or NBC or even HBO. It's AMC. And she's big to the people who've watched Killing Eve, but she's not big to the wider public. And right. so she doesn't have that pull. Like Free Guy didn't sell on Jodie Comer. It sold on Ryan Reynolds. Right. Yeah, Jodie Comer being a part of it certainly was essential because she's great in the film, but it was Ryan Reynolds. So it's just yeah. like, that's the kind of thing you have to look at here. And I feel like really completely missed the, the mark on this one, uh, even though I think it's a damn good movie. Yeah. People weren't in. People weren't going to go see movies like that. They don't want to go to, after COVID. They don't want to go and feel depressed for two and a half hours. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is David W. Collins, and you're listening to Around the Galaxy. The future of storytelling may be in streaming series or, or that, sort of, that, that sort of um, uh, delivery method. What are your thoughts on that? Because you have the 10 hours. You have the expanded... Yeah space uh yeah th- this excites me i mean we've seen a lot of great uh programs already over the last few over the last two years last few months really uh, take advantage of that situation look at ted lasso a ted lasso yeah. is an explosion and so that can happen we've got wheel of time debuting here um hawkeye debuting the, all the disney plus series the, certain streaming services have, have been able to take advantage of that medium and be able to deliver a show in 10 episodes, 12 episodes. It's so crazy to think about the fact that we, that there are still shows that are 22 episodes, 26 episodes and an hour long each that are on, you know, the mainstream channels like CBS, NBC and ABC and Fox. And so, so this idea of, of the streaming services giving more access to creators who have a organic ability to tell a story within eight to 10 episodes is a great thing. You know, we want to open the avenue for more creatives to be involved and for them to create more shows and more diverse shows. I definitely want to make that something that's very, very clear. It's great to see over the last year and have how many shows have gotten a chance to be on there with diverse casts or diverse leads and show uh, a new perspective to look at um, uh, certain things in the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I think, I think it's, that's a, an excellent point. And plus, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing shows through Netflix and other streaming services that we probably would never have seen. Squid game is a great example. Oh yeah. Of, of we never, I, you know, two years ago, there's no way a Korean yeah. series would have hit our televisions, much less become the biggest hit of the, of the year. So far. Yeah, right? yeah. So, but that's also been happening, hasn't it? Because like, as, 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 as some people might be upset about, we've become more of a global, um, how can I say this? We've become more of a global existence. We've achieved a global existence, which is we have access to um, shows from different countries. We have access now, easier access than we ever did before. 20 years ago, like you're right, five years ago, Americans weren't going, you know what? I'm going to watch a subtitled show from Korea. No effing way were they doing that. So the fact that they were sitting at home and watch this kind of stuff now uh, there's more access and there's more abilities. I mean, I have a VPN so I can watch shows from like England and um, <laughs> Australia and uh, the UK, uh, like Wales and Ireland. So I can watch those shows, East uh, French shows, Dutch shows, Danish shows. I love to watch it because I yeah. hate that we have to think that only American made shows are good. There's so much great content out there from different countries that we're not exploring a Korean dramas, Asian shows, all yeah. that. It's, there's so much to explore and enjoy. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an embarrassment of riches almost yeah, at this point with all the, the great stuff that we can see. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of streaming services uh, and we talked a little bit about Disney plus I would, as a fan mm. um, and, and a, a, a movie expert, I guess my first question would be for you, what is the future of storytelling for Star Wars in in your opinion? Is it going <laughs> to stay there? Is it going I mean because and, and also while we're while we're on the subject, let's comment yeah. on the the <laughs> the seemingly string of bad luck with with movie production and I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to just keep piling on pieces of this question and hope I can remember what I asked you, but the <laughs> the, the uh you know, the is it normal for uh, films to have that much drama and we just don't hear about it or, or is it, um, Oh yeah. I see what you're film? saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in terms of storytelling, I'm excited for where we're going. I mean, Mandalorian really, for those people of us who weren't the biggest fan of the, of the sequel trilogy, um, and nothing to do with the actors, mm-hmm. all to do with the overall story and production of those. I think for us, the Mandalorian kind of gave us hope again, you know, a new hope, if I dare say that, a new hope that there could be another way to address Star Wars and approach Star Wars that still had some of its tentacles in the past, Mm -hmm. but also told stories in new ways with new characters and new approaches um, and fun approaches that we hadn't considered. Mm. Um, So, you know, people were dying to be done with the Skywalker saga. And here we have, you know, young uh, baby Yoda, Grogu, and it's a Yoda. Oh God, it's a Yoda that connects to Luke that connects. So it's just in a kind of peripheral way, it's still somewhat connected to the original stuff, but telling new stories. So, to me, that excites me. The books, the novels have been telling interesting, fantastic. The Thrawn Ascendancy mm. run has been fantastic. Claudia Gray's stuff has been great. <clears throat> so it opens the door for so much more storytelling. And now, look at all these TV shows coming. Um, yeah, we, we Rangers of the New Republic is on the shelf, but we got Ahsoka, we got Andor, we've got Kenobi. Mm. So once again, sh- tentacles in the old stuff or the old areas, but still trying new ways to tell. So to me, I think we're expanding the approach to Star Wars. I think we're opening the more and more avenues to tell different types of stories from different perspectives. That excites me. I mean, mm. I, I'm waiting for the droid, the droid led 
droids only mm. Disney Plus show that yeah. is told just from the droids' perspective only. And, and there are only occasionally humans or occasionally other species, but it's all about the droids. That's, you know, that's how to expand stuff and give us more to enjoy in terms of the new content. Now, when it comes to movies, man, there's a lot of pressure when it comes to the movie. I think that's really what's happening here is there's so much pressure. The sequel trilogy left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And so mm-hmm. I don't know that any who, who, who wants to be the first director to launch a movie through that wall again and see what the response is going to be. Yeah. So. I'm not surprised that Patty Jenkins and them broke up from creative differences. It could be the Wonder Woman 84 stuff, which a lot of people are speculating about. Yeah. It could be any number of things, but I don't, you know, and, and um, Kevin Feige so interesting that he wants to bring Chloe Zhao possibly into direct his movie after yeah. the response to Eternals. Is that the best move? I don't yeah. know. So I think there's just a lot more pressure on the movies because people expect more from the movies and Mm. they're more for mass audiences than say the Disney plus shows. Right. So I think that's where there, there needs to be some director comes along. Who's got this swagger. Who's Mm. got this confidence and who's willing to take all the slings and arrows and knows exactly what to say to counter them all as they present their film. And uh, I think we're still waiting to see that director come forward, you know, male or female. Yeah. No, I think that's a that's a, a great perspective, and I also I, I, it feels to me like Star Wars lately has had this sort of uh, um, uh, just desire to just say we're going to do all this stuff, yeah and, yeah, yeah, and they get a little bit ahead of themselves, and then you have something like you know Wonder Woman eighty four, which. I'm not here to critique mm. it, but I didn't love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, didn't. and a lot of people didn't. And I, I, it makes you wonder, did that have that sort of, was that sort of uh, an mm-hmm. issue? And, and there's, I think people forget that Kathleen Kennedy has been behind their entire childhood, you know, everything from Ethan yeah, to Raiders. Right? And she knows what she's doing. She's hired yeah. John Favreau. She hired, she's mm-hmm. kept Filoni close. Um, and maybe she's actually making the right choices. I, I mean, I would hate to be the one that has to make that choice to look at a, a treatment from Patty Jenkins and be like, mm. "This isn't going to work. This is yeah. not going to to roll." And then you have to go out and cancel it. And that's yeah. that's a rough a rough spot to be as well. How, how many times has she changed course and it not worked out? I think only Solo is maybe somewhat uh, an argument you can make. But like Rogue One made a billion dollars. Right. People, I love Rogue One. Rogue One, honestly, right below Empire Strikes Back for me and mm-hmm. my top 10 list. I yep. love Rogue One. Yep. Uh, and so, him, her changing course or making these decisions. Yeah. The uh, Trevorrow stuff was weird with bringing JJ. It should have been JJ all the way through. Yeah. So, certainly, there were some issues there that should have been worked out for him to do all three of those movies. Uh, so, it's his singular vision of what this new trilogy could have been. Um, and I think there were mistakes. Yeah. People, I know people are going to defend Ryan Johnson to knock yourselves out doing that. I appreciate that. There's, there are certainly huge parts of Last Jedi that are damn good and some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. Yep. But overall, the film doesn't 100% work for me. So mm-hmm. that's where I approach this from. So you're like, okay, JJ could have done this, could have done that. And now where do you go uh, from here? And Kathleen Kennedy has been a part of all that, including the Disney Plus shows. I mean, nothing right. happens without her. And they just re-upped her. So yep. it's like, they, clearly, they're making enough money here and they're seeing enough positivity behind the scenes yep. that they know this is the person to go for. Plus, who wants that job? Yeah. 
I mean, honestly, dude, who who, right. who wants to take that job on and deal with all the onslaught of criticism yeah. and these these people who run YouTube channels who live off tearing her to pieces so yeah. they can get clicks and likes? Uh, you know, there, there's so many people like that who just take advantage of that woman in that position. It's just, yeah. Who wants that job? <laughs> like president. Who wants to be president? That's like a right. tough job. There's got to be something to do. Yeah. Right? I know, right? Do, do you think the 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 click hate sites? Do you think that's influencing some of the director choices? Like not not from Kathleen, but from well, the guys who are guys and girls who are saying I I would like to do this or not? Or do you think they're kind of they? I mean, they all like to say they ignore it, but. Yeah. Does it have an influence, do you think? Oh, no, I don't think uh, they ever ignore it. I think it's all a lie. It's, it's, right. like a, it's like when you interview a sports guy, like, oh, I don't listen to the media. Bull. They right. all listen to this stuff, just like we do, because they're human beings. Right. They're, I have yet to meet one person who is... Uh, maybe my maybe my girlfriend. She really doesn't care what anybody thinks. She's incredible in that way. I, I envy her for that. But like, there, I have, I've yet to meet one person who solidly doesn't give a crap what anybody thinks and just goes forward and and does their thing. Everyone like kind of hears the noise. Yeah. Um. But I don't know how much of that national influence is. No, I think Kathleen's like, look, this is the deal. This is what I. It doesn't work for us. You're out. Yeah. I mean, it happened with Trank, and right. it, it, so she has no problem cutting the cord when she feels she has to cut the cord. I mean, look, that's a female director that she yeah. just kind of had a creative difference with over rogue squadron. So I, I appreciate the fact that she's willing to cut when it needs to cut and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Cause she wants it to succeed. And um, not a lot of producers uh, can do that because it takes yeah. a certain kind of steel to be able to do that. And, and as you were saying before, when you were talking about Mandalorian and, and Kenobi and Endor, mm. she does seem to have a good sense, or at least Lucasfilm as a whole has a good sense of what is it that you know got John Roca into it, that got Pete into it, right, that, right, that right. People, you know, that's and I think that's one of the great things about the Mandalorian. And mm. it's so funny, you got you, you, it's a, it's a you can't win situation, right? You got people who say, uh, oh, it's the cameo of the week, and I was like, that was great. And then if you don't have the cameo. <laughs> the week people are like i don't know any of these characters i don't care so right. it's it's a really fine balance do you think we're going to in this world i because i personally yeah. feel like disney plus is a great place to tell star wars mm. stories um, yes. as we were saying before you're sort of you you're given time do you think let, let me rephrase it where do you when do you think we're going to get our next billion dollar star wars film i think for not another five years okay yeah, I think it's going to be a while. I think because you have, I mean, Rogue Squadron, now that that's gone, what have they been working on? How far along is the script for Taika's film or for mm -hmm. Feige's film? I don't know. You know, and Taika's directing 700 projects at the same time. So, right. like, you know, he's doing uh, what I'm doing. So it's like all these different things. Like, it, you know, where does he have the time? I don't know. Fe Feige himself, he's, you know, phase four is now, is about to now really kick into huge gear with this multiverse stuff. Yep. How much time is he really going to have to dedicate to producing a Star Wars film? I don't know. Chloe Zhao, what's her, what's, what's she, what's she going to want to do next if she takes over here i think it's going to take some time and i think we i think star wars is going to want to see or lucasfilm and disney are going to want to see how these shows roll out mm -hmm. and they're gonna because i think they're all gonna have different perspectives and i think people are gonna and they're gonna have a better sense of what people want to see of where they want to go what they, they what they're gravitating to mm -hmm. and i think that's going to be a little bit of a um a guideline or a blueprint for what they want to do with the next movie you know yeah no, I, I, I love that concept. And I think you're, I, look, I think <laughs> if you told seven-year-old John and seven-year-old Pete that you're going <laughs> to, in a while, you're going to be able to watch Star Wars right. every couple months 
10, 10 shows at a time or 10 episodes at a time, I think we'd take it. I think right. we'd be very happy with it. Uh-huh. Remember when the big argument was Pete was like, can we really handle two Star Wars movies in one year? <laughs> right. And now it's if people want Star Wars series like, okay, I, I got a month break. All right, boom, let's back into another one. Yep. So it's so amazing. I think the hunger's always been there. The quality of the product hasn't always been there. Right. And I think people now, when they see that there's more consistent, consistently good product on Disney Plus, are going to want more of that stuff going on. You know, yeah. and, and the novels have been great. The comic books have been great. So everything outside of the films, I think, has been universally enjoyed by yeah. uh, the Star Wars fans. Yeah. And I think so much pressure, as you were saying before, is put on a film. And again, oh, yeah. back to what we were saying before, it's, it's marketing. And if a film fails... Mm-hmm. That's a big problem. I, I said it before, and, and I'd love to hear if you think I'm right, if I, if I got it right. But I, I said uh, on a show recently that Visions was as yeah. successful technically as The Mandalorian because they got your $7 a month regardless, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and Visions was, uh, you know, people loved it. People didn't love it. And right. and so it's a place to play with the story. And I love your, your perspective there that it's an opportunity for Disney to really kind of say, all right, this is what the Star Wars winning combination might be that's yeah. where we'll perhaps bring in that that major billion dollar effort i suppose yeah yeah like uh yeah the book that i have the book back there the, you know the 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 essentially off the first the duel off the first um uh visions uh, shorts yeah. it was great to be able to read a samurai book steeped mm-hmm. in star wars uh, mythology was fantastic when you're yeah. a person who understood who loves samurai films and you're getting samurai stuff. And so visions was, I, I thought that was so brilliant. This idea mm-hmm. of expanding the scope of star Wars and seeing it through another culture's mind another yeah. culture's eyesight. It was great or perspective. It was great to see that. So yeah, some people didn't like something. I, I, I loved it and yeah. I enjoyed the different stories. Did, did they all work? No, yeah. but I enjoyed overall seeing a franchise that I love expand, yeah. expand and have new perspectives. Cause there's so many, I want to see a French one. I want to see an all <laughs> Russian one. I want to see an all, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you, an all Spanish one. I want to see an yeah. all Australian one, all South American one. Show me all of the different perspectives you can have with star Wars because yeah. it is a global brand. Yeah. And because it's a global brand, it has affected so many people in so many different continents. And it's interesting too, as we were saying before that, Star Wars has something to do with that humanity and it doesn't matter where in this planet you live, it's affected you somehow. And to see it come, I love your, your thoughts there on this. uh, This Mm. is, you know, you're seeing it from a different culture and that's such an interesting thing. And, and, uh, and, and again, kudos to, to, to Disney plus for taking a risk with, with that, that could have been, uh, 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 you know, it could have gone and, and the great, piece two is nine episodes some you love some you didn't but that's okay it was there and that's where i think we are with star wars right now and i think we need to be comfortable with that you may have liked solo you may not have liked solo you may have liked you know rise skywalker could be like me and not so it's like (laughs) um there there's you but you don't have to love it all and i think right you know we we touched on it before with the with the the clickbait sites i think people need to understand that you can be a star wars fan and not love everything Right. I can pick up a comic book and I love Charles soul. I love nine out of 10 things he does, but that kind of thing <laughs> that I don't love, I don't have to love it. Like yeah. I have to be like, okay, this wasn't for me and toss it to the side. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't love every Frank Miller, even though he's my favorite, right? I don't every Frank Miller. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, yep. Exactly. That's a hundred percent. Right. But I think we need to, we need to be comfortable with that. And I think yeah. social media kind of forces you to be like, Hey, I'm wearing a star Wars shirt. So I have to love everything. No, that's, <laughs> 
I hate that. Gotcha. Oh, I hate because if I can criticize my dad, right. why can't I criticize a franchise? Like right. this is the mindset that I do not understand. Just because you and just because I criticize something, it doesn't mean I'm coming from a place to destroy it. I'm coming from a place to try to improve it or offer my two cents about how it could be improved. Right. And that's it. And too many people take criticism as hate, and it's not. And it frustrates me. Are there clickbait sites, as you said, that yep. that uh, you know um, merchandise hate? Yes. But I don't listen to those or read those or watch those. I recently watched one for He-Man, Masters of the Universe. I watched a mm-hmm. nine, 10 minute video. This thing had 600,000 views on it <laughs> and it tore the first uh, half of the show apart, season apart, but it left out so many critical plot points on right. purpose yeah. in order to get to focus on the things to hate without showing you the reasons for why certain things happened. And it was such a manipulative video that I was like, wow, man, people really go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning and think this is okay and feel good about themselves making this kind of content. These are lies. You're telling lies to market and put money in your pocket and hurting creators because of it. You can authentically not like something, hate something. Give me legitimate reasons that factor in everything. I'm down to hear your point of view. If you're manipulating and removing certain facts on purpose to to, uh, come to a, a wrong conclusion in order to increase your views, then I think it's bullshit. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Nick Gambarian from the band Bayside, and you're listening to Around the Galaxy. So as someone who talks about Star Wars a lot, what sort of project do you want to see? What what sort of, the, I mean, yeah, I, we're all excited. I think about Andor and Kenobi and yeah. what what's something that you like what's got you jazzed about what's coming down the pike whether it's something you know about or something you'd like to see well i mean andor is 100 percent. i mean i know kenobi is going to be great and overall kenobi is fantastic um but for me it's andor i mean a latino led um show with someone who is authentically full-on latino and diego luna (laughs) is exciting and exploring uh, star wars through that prism through that point of view through that experience uh, i can't wait to see yes will there be universal things sure but i certainly hope there's a little bit of allusions to his culture or what have you because we've seen allusions to other cultures through other people's perspectives uh, mostly white in star wars and so i'd like to see something more i'd like to see something different and so mm-hmm. andor really excites me um and i you know people were mad that we didn't get a trailer on disney plus day i get that i, I totally listen the guy who loves to get some trailer reactions get some views i totally get it but at the same time if they're not ready to show anything until they're ready then you just wait and you get ready i'm yeah. cool with waiting because I, yeah. I i want it to be good i mentioned the droid thing uh, that's uh, interesting but I do want to go and explore some more of Vader. You know, yeah. we've we've opened the door with having Hayden Christensen coming back for these two projects now with Ahsoka and Kenobi. Mm-hmm. But there is so much more of Vader that is explored in the comic books that I really yeah. love. Like the stuff with Dr. Aphra is so interesting. And so yeah. there are so many more levels to explore with Vader beyond Clone Wars 
uh, and before A New Hope. And even in between those movies, there are adventures to explore. So for me, I think it would be fun to kind of open that door up again and, and see some more. I mean, people lost their minds from that Rogue One yeah. scene. So to have more of that fleshed out would be really, really interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Skywalker Saga is almost vader story completely yeah. right i mean so yeah. i i'm i'm down for more vader that would be fantastic yeah. Yeah. so well john i do this thing on the show it's a mm. 10 question segment and it's oh, sort, okay. it's sort of like yep yeah, yeah it's sort of <laughs> like uh it's sort of like uh, uh inside the actor's studio but, oh yeah but you know hey there's no that ultimately there's no wrong answers i won't judge you people listening will of course but uh, <laughs> I hope so. They're Star Wars fans. They're going to yeah. at you, and it's going to get ugly. But uh, so, 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 <laughs> so here's the the ten questions: short yeah. answers, long answers, whatever you like. And, okay. Uh, so we'll go from there. So um, we'll start. I think you mentioned it, but what's your favorite Star Wars movie, TV show, or book? Well, still Empire Strikes Back. Still, although Rogue One is the first one to ever come close to even challenging that, mm. um, for so many reasons. But yeah, it, it's still Empire. It probably will be Empire until something even more incredible comes along on a movie-wise scale that blows my socks off. Yeah, it it would be tough to to knock that one out. But yeah. I I'm I'm with you on that. Um, what's your favorite non-Star Wars movie? Well, do you mean like franchise or do you mean like overall my just any one? like any oh, film that you can okay. just sit down and 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 watch well i mean citizen kane is my number one favorite film bar none it's about to come out in 4k on criterion mm. and so i'm excited for that but i that's such a boring answer i give the answer all the time. so i'll say seven samurai seven mm. samurai is one a three-hour epic talk about a film that will that crosses barriers crosses any kind of limits you might have that explores um the um, importance of camaraderie, the importance of bonding uh, within people from different walks of life with an overall goal to stop something evil happening to people who are defenseless. Hmm. Uh, and that just speaks volumes to who I am as a person and what the stories I've always gravitated to. And so Seven Samurai and plus it's Akira Kurosawa who's become my favorite director. Yeah. Um, he's, it's one of the greats. So yeah. to me, that's, that's a film that I always come back to and put on and enjoy for sure. That's great, and that explains why you loved Ronan and the, the yes uh, that one. I mean the uh, oh yeah. I mean th that was one of the most amazing things. I'm not a huge anime guy, but that <laughs> that first episode in Visions didn't feel anime to me. It felt Kurosawa to me. Yes, it just it, then. Yeah. So I think that's why I was attracted to it. Yeah, so. yeah. that's a great call. Um, all right, so describe Star Wars in three words or less. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! <laughs> what is, come on, it's just a uh, podcast, man. We're going <laughs> to Um, if you go over by one or two, I'm not going to. I'm not going to okay. kill you. But I would, uh, look, there's a great there's a great quote from George Plimpton, and he it's a a poem, um, and it's from Muhammad Ali, and uh, it, he says this on the When We Were Kings. Uh, documentary and uh, Ali said uh, someone someone gave some poem that's a couple of words long and it's two words but there were longer letters in the words and Ali said me we so me we and I think that's Star Wars it is yeah. personal and it's for everybody and that's what really sums up Star Wars to me it can be my journey and our journey at the same time. And there's a power in that, that I think um, not a lot of franchises. And I would even, I don't think Marvel is the same way in any way, mm -hmm. shape or form 
Star Wars is. You yeah. can pick a character that you can feel the most connected to, but within the and still enjoy still enjoy their personal story, but still enjoy the overall story and how they fit in the overall story. And we are me and we as well in our society. So yeah, I think that's how I would. I think that works for me. That's great. And it's interesting you mentioned Marvel there because mm. there's something about, I mean, when you think about the biggest franchises in, in history now, yeah. right? Um, I don't know if I've gone to see a Marvel movie more than once in the theater. There's very, <laughs> I, there's one or two that I may have gone to. Yeah. I love it's not, And it's not because I don't love them. It's right, not right. because I don't have the best time watching them. You know, they're great for that. I mean, I'll watch them on TV again. Yeah. But I don't go back to the theater. Like I saw Rogue One like five times over that first weekend, oh, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's that, that humanity? Or do you think it's, what do you oh, think yeah. like that is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, who's like Luke in all of Marvel? It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. And right. there's a reason for that. You know, they're, they're essentially gods. Mm-hmm. Luke was a regular dude who, yeah. you know, whose dad was, one of the most evil people in the galaxy, but he didn't know it. So he lived this kind of like ah, existence, you know, there in Tatu- on Tatooine with Owen and Beru, with his uncle Owen and Beru. And, and he was frustrated because he, he, he sensed there was more. Mm. So that nobody has that in the Marvel universe yet. Right. We're seeing it go younger. So we're seeing mm-hmm. origin stories from people like Kamala Khan coming other people. You know, we saw the Shang-Chi one. So yep. other people are coming here from that'll make it more ground-based, I think. And that may change that. But I think overall, there's just kind of a, a base level of humanity that, our star wars operates from that i don't think marvel fully because luke just he has the force right but you know it's just different it's just different is what i would say yeah no that's that's a great great call Mm -hmm. great call what's your favorite star wars sound effect (laughs) (laughs) yeah i go from this deep philosophical to no no it's great (laughs) i think nothing sounds better to me than the turning on of a lightsaber Mm. There's just even I know that Vader scene. He's supposed to be evil when he's killing Rogue One, but like when that lightsaber turns on, I lose my mind. Yeah, just like when Luke's lightsaber turned on in in Mandalorian in season two of the Mandalorian, the finale. Like when that mm. lightsaber, turned, I was I lost my mind. I just yeah. love that sound. Like it just it's something about it that just um, I don't necessarily love the. I don't necessarily love that, but the sound of it opening, yeah, is just awesome. Yeah, the so, ignition yeah. is. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite droid? <laughs> Speaking awesome. of wanting to see movies uh, from a droid's perspective, everyone's gonna say C three PO or R two D two. But see, that yeah, used I, to be the question. The question used to be R two or three PO. But I was like, yeah. you know what? Let, let me expand that. What yeah. Well, definitely, I'll answer for to say R two definitely always over three PO always. But <laughs> I um, but I like K two S O. No, no. You know what? I changed my mind. Okay. I changed my mind. Hold on. No, I changed because I, I I love um oh damn it I can't remember the call sign for her now um in solo what's L three three seven yes L three three seven Phoebe Waller Bridge <laughs> one of the most unusual droids ever and yep. I love that she's like she's the union droid she's the organizer droid she's the Norma Ray droid it is awesome yeah 
to see that. And I love what she was trying to do. I love how cocky she was and like, you know, telling what's his face uh, solo or sorry, uh, um, Lando, like, you know, he wanted me, but you know, I ain't that kind of jam. <laughs> it, it's great to see. And then her trying to organize the droids to fight and break. There is so much to enjoy about her, which is why I understand why people are mad that they just turned her into the ship's computer voice. I get it. But like overall, until that moment, she is something I'd never seen in Star Wars before. I never knew I wanted in Star Wars before yeah. until I saw it. So yeah, that's my answer. That's great. Yeah, and, it, and that's that's I think why Star Wars strikes you because again, you didn't expect it. I think same thing. <gasps> that's with me for Mando, right? Like when mm. when I heard they were doing the Mandalorian series, I thought, okay, cool. It's like going to be Boba Fett Junior. It's going to be like yeah. Old West. It'll <laughs> yeah. be cool. And it turned into something that I didn't know I wanted. And I think the same thing is going to happen with the Kenobi series. Mm. When I heard about that, I was like, yeah, but he sits in the desert for 20 years. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what are we going to see? But they've already like, just from the little, we know from that little sizzle reel, like my mind's blown already. I didn't know I needed this story, but I guess I do. So, (laughs) uh, which is, which is very cool. They're good at that. They, they are very good at that. So which character would you most like to be in the star Wars universe and why? Oh, dude. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, man. Uh, you know, what do people, what, what everyone says solo, don't they? Everybody says solo or Luke. Yeah, everyone does. Well, I don't want to do that. Because I'm the <laughs> outlaw. I don't like to play along with everybody else. Um, I, you know, the easy answer is uh, Andor because he's Latino and because he knows the fight and he's been there. But I I think it might have to be Jared Imway. Mm, wow. And I, because... I love that he's like this, that all this stuff happened to the temple and Baze became embittered by it all. Right. Right. And all the, but he kept the course. So you asked me who I'd like to be by That's the question. Yeah. Yep. I'd like to be, yes, I would like to be like Chirrut because Chirrut doesn't lose faith. He stays the course. He believes what he believes. No matter what happens to him, it doesn't shake him. And his faith is ultimately rewarded at the mm. end of Rogue One, even though it costs him his life. It's ultimately rewarded, mm. and that I, I cry every time he. Well, I'm gonna get emotional now. He, every time he walks across that thing, because I come from parents who instilled a strong sense of religion inside. But even though I may not be a practicing, uh, practicing my, I'm very much about the universal energy, you know, yep. and, and about I still believe in God and all that, but I have a universal energy belief as well. And what he has when he's walking across that is that. That kind of just utter belief that, mm. that nothing is going to happen to me because I am protected and I'm going to do this thing. And um, that applies to anything in life. Sometimes if you're striving for something more, you're going to have that moment where you have to walk out amongst all the blaster fire mm. and get to that one place so that you can hit that lever um, and uh, and help you know, and so to me, and help yourself or help uh, the the mission. Mm-hmm. And so he's just, I have a Funko of him. Like, he's just my guy, man. Yeah. It's, it's really is my guy. So that's a great answer. Great mm-hmm. answer. Uh, next question is what's your favorite star Wars collectible? <laughs> <laughs> what do I have? Do I have much? Oh man, that's a good question. What is my favorite Star Wars? Movie? It's your Jared Funko, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's my Jared Funko. I guess so. I guess that. No, you know what? My favorite Star that I don't have anymore. Mm. 
was the the one that my my mother bought me which was a land speeder when i was like oh, yeah. nine or ten years old i played that thing till it broke <laughs> and so and that will always be a cherished memory of mine but yeah sure i'll take the Sheridan way phone call. <laughs> <laughs> all right if you could own any spaceship or vehicle from the star wars universe oh. which one would you pick are we allowed to say I don't uh, Boba's ship? Whatever, okay. the name, whatever the current name of Boba's <laughs> ship is, and I have no problem with the name change, by the way. But right. whatever Boba's current name of his ship is, uh, that's the one. It's such a badass ship, and I love the way it cuts through the sky. And yeah. uh, when they finally showed it moving and how it rotated oh. on the Mandalorian, I lost my shit. Just <laughs> lost it. Just I rewound it. I rewound and watched that scene like. 15 times i just yeah. was so blown away by it i was like finally the mandalorian has done so much with that and like mm. I, I it's funny you say that because when that when when the ship flew across the sky for the first mm. time in mando i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i was yeah. like oh here it comes. <laughs> it was so great what's that what's that i saw this great uh, uh cartoon after force awakens came out where the guy goes in as like a 40 year old guy. And when he comes out, he's 10 years old. Yeah. And that's what it felt like watching that ship. You're like yeah. all the way back down to being a 10 year old kid and marveling or yeah. being a nine year old kid sitting on the ottoman watching it on the screen, you know, amazing. blew me away. Amazing. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite star Wars moment? Um, I think when, when, uh, Vader throws the emperor down the shaft, mm-hmm. um, I know other people have the I love you, I know, and dad and all of like, you know, now all of that. But for me, that's the moment because it's the reward of Luke, uh, Luke's belief in his father, Luke's belief in redemption. And look, uh, you know, other people will listen to my other shows and be like, oh, Roka sometimes hates redemption. <laughs> yes, I hate that they cop out to it sometimes now. Yes, but at that time no one thought that was going to happen. Right, just, like, right, right. just like no one thought Vader was his dad until that moment. No one thought Vader was going to pick up the emperor and throw him down, you know? Right. And when he did, and the fact that it cost his life. And when he took off the mask and has that exchange, when he says, and maybe that's my favorite woman. He says, um, you already saved me. Is that what he says? Or you did tell yeah. your sister, tell you your did. sister, you were right. Yeah. You were right. That's mm-hmm. it. That's the moment. Tell your yeah. sister, you were right. Not the yeah. shaft. Tell your sister, you were right. That's the moment. Cause it, there's, it's delivered so well mm-hmm. in that moment by that actor who like, what gets like two minutes of screen time. Yeah. Delivers it so perfectly, but it's the culmination of Luke's belief in the good of people. And don't we want to believe that even though we, yeah. we have numerous examples of it, not necessarily coming true. There are examples of people turning around, people changing their lives, people embracing being a better human being. And that's what even the worst person can possibly be redeemed. And I think that moment uh, um, proves that. And it's why it rings so true for me. You know? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's great. And it's right at that pinnacle. It's, it's so, it's so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last question is, what is your go-to Star Wars quote? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh... <laughs> um, do or do not, there is no try. Yep. That is my favorite quote because yep. that applies to my life. Do or do not, there is no try. You know, yep. I, I don't try. I have to do. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Nothing uh, irritates me more than half-assery. So yeah. if you're if you're half-ass committed to something, and I sense it, it drives me out of my fucking mind. If you're right. if you're half-ass committed to a relationship, get out. If you're yeah. half-ass 
to anything, whether you're creating something either too, if I'm excited to see this and you're half-assing it, nothing drives me more insane. So yep. yeah, that's I, I have to agree with you on that hundred <laughs> percent. I've, you know, doing podcasts, having been in bands my whole life, just <laughs> oh, like, God. You, go, you go see yeah. a band and you're like, why, <laughs> what's going on there? What, why are they there? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. John, thank you so much, man. This was a ton oh, of fun. I loved that. Uh, the, the conversation working people keep up with you uh, on the interwebs yeah you can always follow th- first of all thank you for having me on hey, Pete. it was great to meet you and great to be on this was a lot of fun that hour flew by yeah. uh but you can find me at the roca says r-o-c-h-a on twitter and on instagram and uh head on over to twitch if you want to follow me the outlaw nation all one word there do stuff on twitch as well uh and um my youtube channel where i do all my stuff youtube.com slash john roca says uh, so you can see all the stuff that I'm doing, including the Jedi way, which I do every, um, every couple of weeks with Laura Kelly, uh, the Wednesday or Thursday, depending on her schedule, uh, we do either live or pre-recorded show about star Wars. And our approach to it is not like what's current. What are we talking about now? It's more a matter of like, what's a concept that we've wanted to talk about or a relationship or a character or anything like that. We will address the occasional big news, but it's mostly about exploring star Wars from a philosophical point of view. And so that's the show we have on there as well. Plus, the Geek Buddies and Top 10 and the Cinephiles are all podcasts you can listen to. And December 4th, one last time under the breach, dear friends, The Outlaw takes on Dan Merle from In My Retirement Match at Smowdown Spectacular live in LA. So if you want to come see me and I will have a table, so I'll be signing stuff. Awesome. Um, so I will be there as well doing stuff there for the uh, Smowdown Spectacular. That's great. Well, good luck with that. Congratulations Thanks, on uh, your retirement from yeah. Smowdown. And, enough, uh, Seven seasons. Uh, Oh, wow, that is that is a long time. But yes. uh, thank you so much, John, and uh, I hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Around the Galaxy. Thank you so much to John Roca, and thank you for listening. If you had fun, please like, subscribe, share, rate, and review it. If you really liked it, make sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ATGcast, or head on over to our website at ATGcast.com. Follow us on all your social media at ATGcast, and, uh, you know, tell a friend, tell a family member. Like I said, it's the holidays when you're stuck talking politics. Shift that conversation over to, you know, Star Wars and say, by the way, great podcast around the galaxy great joined atg3 all that stuff our music is brought to us by the band silver colored nub and uh this has been copyright 2021 pete in the seat studios lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.